0: Hey Dad, would you like to connect better with your kids? Do you know what your child's school day is really like? Do you think school is the same as it was when we were in school? Now there's a national program that can answer these questions for you. Dads of Great Students, also known as Watchdogs, is the Father Involvement Initiative of the National Center for Fathering. Dads now have the opportunity to be a part of their child's school day in a guy-oriented format. For as little as just one day per school year, Watchdog dads complete a challenging schedule which includes helping with student arrivals, working in the classroom, lunchroom, gym, and on the playground. At the end of the day, you're worn out, but you have a great sense of accomplishment. You know that you've made a positive change in your school for your own children and even children who don't have a dad at home. For more information, ask your principal to check out www.fathers.com watchdogs or call 888 888- 540-DOGS. Well, hello and good afternoon. This is another edition of Watch Dogs Radio. I'm your host, Keith Shoemaker. I am talking to you live from beautiful downtown Savannah, Georgia. We are in the midst of the National Youth at Risk Conference, and uh, we have had a great time. There are uh, educators, professionals from all over the southeast that have come to Savannah to learn about their trade, to learn about how to better engage children and be engaged in their education. See, I have a uh, interview with Dr. Eric Landers, who is the assistant director of this conference. He is also connected with Georgia Southern University, and I am going to work and try to get that up and running. I would like to bring in my good friend from downtown beautiful Springdale, Arkansas, Mr. Chris Dannenauer. Chris, how you doing?
1: I'm good, Keith. Good to be on the call, and uh, you know it's been a an exciting week so far here at the national office in, in Springdale. Just got off a conference call where we, we train principals, counselors, parents, and PTA members uh, about watchdogs and ha- had a good conference and had a lot of great questions. Well, good deal. Well,
0: I know you've been doing these conference calls for many, many years, Chris, and I would imagine just like we hear in the field, you almost hear the same questions when people ask that. Is it, is it the same way with the conference call? And it's it's so funny because people, you know, they, they look at us and they, they ask us the question and they, they think that they're the first one that is dealt with. You know, how do I fund this program? The first one that is dealt with, you know, can I really get more than three guys involved in our school? Um, are you hearing the same thing from the conference
1: calls, Chris? Oh, oh, we we are, and we do. It's the same. It is the same uh, questions, you know, over and over uh, again. And, and it, it, you're right. It's how do we how do we pay for this? Three hundred and fifty dollars. How are we going to afford that? We will. We only have one dad here that we know of. Yes, we hear those questions over and over. And, you know, personally, I can confidently uh, answer those questions and and ease their concerns and and show them uh, how they can raise the money and and how they can bring the dads in and get 150 dads at their kickoff event or 200 dads or get 85 dads to sign the calendar to come to school to support education. (coughs)
0: And, uh, and then of course that calendar, not only, you know, we talk about the uh, 22 foot long uh, calendar that, that is included in the, uh, watchdog startup kit, of course, but, but we've also been, uh, partnered with Volunteer Spot. And I'm proud to announce that within the next couple of weeks, we are going to have a special guest, Karen Bonabaris, who is the founder of, uh, Volunteer Spot and, and she's going to be on with us. So I'm looking forward to that. And we can talk about how to specifically tailor your watchdogs program and, and the scheduling of your watchdogs program. Program through volunteer spot and to be able to use that so uh, have you had a lot of questions about using the volunteer spot or through the uh
1: the uh, callers. People do ask about scheduling. Well, how do we schedule this? And Volunteer Spot is one of the answers that I give over and over and over uh, about how, you know, uh, the scheduling tool that Volunteer Spots provide. And I know last year and, and this school year, Volunteer Spot has been kind enough to give our watchdog schools a better service. I think it's like their premium service for free. Yes, it is. For a year, if they uh, buy the startup kit and volunteer spots, provides that for us to, have to pass to our our watchdog schools.
0: Well, beautiful. I know. I use it in. Uh, we use it at the school, the elementary school where I participate at. We've used it for several years with a good deal of success. And then, of course, you know, just launching it at the middle school where I'm at now, and we're we're putting that together and and
1: uh, and helping that work out. So,
0: Chris, is there anything else that's been going on? I know. Uh, I know Eric's been on the road.
1: Sure. Yeah. It's yeah. First of all, Keith, I want to just kind of get back uh, to, to two things. Like I had a like one question right now that if I had to pick one question, if you were to ask me, Chris, name one question that you're seeing a lot uh, right now is, is, is it okay or, or should we start watchdogs right now? Being that it's a spring semester probably before mm-hmm. spring break or for some schools. And that question and the answer simply is, if you want to have dads start coming in in two to three weeks or in three weeks and you want this program, then yes. Because we have uh, at least 200 schools, probably closer to 300, that will be kicking off their program between now and middle of April. So, the so schools that are, or maybe some callers that are listening to this, maybe your, your school has purchased a kit and you're and you're wondering if they're going to do it. If they mm-hmm. want to do it. Now's the time.
0: Oh, absolutely. We have about
1: 300 schools geared up to kick off their program, and that will kick off their program by the end of May.
0: Uh, We would definitely want to uh, promote the conference and and all of the things, the great things that are going on in Savannah this week. I am so excited to have a friend of mine who uh, has just walked up and and is willing to join us. And uh, I'd like to welcome my good friend, Lamar Darnell Darnell Shields. And, uh, Lamar, if you would tell us a little bit about your program and, uh, and what you're doing here, well, first of all, he hosted the uh, Idol program last yeah. night, and and I'm sad to say, Chris, that they actually had me up on the dance floor, and it was it was really really horrible. Hey, but, better uh, you than me. Exactly. We also had Keith Brown here. It was uh, he he is an
2: absolutely amazing motivator. So uh, so
0: welcome to the program.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, a Keith um, has a new job right now. I think he's going to do like background dancing for like Jay-Z or 50 <laughs> Cent or something like that. Uh, dancing with dads all over the country. He did an unbelievable uh, job last night. Maybe in um, a comedy club, <laughs> <I love that. laughs> Well, I am here. This is Lamar Darnell Shields. I am um, here at Savannah at the National Youth at Risk Conference. This is my probably sixth or seventh year being at this great conference. I've watched this conference grow. Uh, my first year here, I did a, a workshop on hip hop, using hip hop as a tool to engage young people, I wrote a book with Feeny Shakur, Tupac Shakur's mom, and uh, after that, the floodgates opened, and, they, and of course, they've asked me to come back, so I'm always excited and humbled. Uh, yesterday, I did two workshops, one on strategies to engage black boys, uh, and then the other one was on um, creating confidence in children, and the one around black boys, is and black and Latino boys, is sort of personal to me, because one thing that I talked about, Keith, was about young people being a part of what I call the Absent Daddy Club, and I showed a clip from a video of Monster Cody Scott, who is incarcerated and in San Quentin and uh, serving some time. And this guy has done some horrific claims to individuals and, you know, was excited about this book that he wrote, you know, I think like in the late 90s, 90s. But when they asked him, Keith, about his dad, you know, he started to tear up. You know, this guy who we know has killed people, has gotten people killed and put hits out on individuals. When the journalist asked him about his dad, he literally broke down and cried. And so when I showed that clip yesterday to these educators and I talked about the effects that absent dads have, one, financially, I mean, we all are paying for it. So I'm so grateful for the work that you guys are doing. And I've been giving Keith's number out to every, everybody that says that we can't get dads in the building and what do we need to do to get dads in the building? I and I wrote Keith's uh, name and number on the bathroom wall, uh, <laughs> and they've been calling ever since. Yeah, some of those calls I want to talk to you about. <laughs> now, but,
0: but, uh, I w- actually I'm forwarding them onto your uh, to your cell phone. But the, uh, I had the opportunity to talk, talk to uh, Dr. Eric Landers earlier, and we're going to get that interview on here. But as far as the conference itself and how it's growing and and the participation that that, that you've had, and and of course uh, you know just to go back to where we met at mm-hmm. the uh, New England Father conference yes. last year. And and some of the things, you know, one of the things that you said at that conference that really changed the way I deal with my work is that, you know, to talk about the difference between involvement and engagement. Yeah, can, yeah. can you kind of give us a little, uh, your yeah. I, it's hard for me to paraphrase what <laughs> you're saying. I want to get it yeah. directly
2: from you. I mean, in- involvement is when you, you know, you invite a dad out to a school. The engagement concept is basically getting dads to come out to the school and, and they're just picking up paper, cleaning trash, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But involvement is somewhat different. It's involvement is the dad understanding the educational process. Involvement is, dance sitting in the classroom. Involvement is understanding the educational policy. Involvement is, is your school father friendly? And I always ask that question. You know, what makes your school father friendly? And all, people make all these faces. I said, well, when my wife and I go into a, a meeting with the principal, I'm the educator. My wife is an actress and a comedian, but also has an education background. They immediately look directly at her. Yep. And then we go outside in the parking lot and we argue. And I say, what the heck they invite me for? They talk to you, did not tell you that this was going to happen. Because we don't really know how to involve dads. We can engage them with conversations, and, and we do those things. But the involvement is meaning that they are they've brought into the process. Dads want to be involved, but they just don't know how to. And I think many schools want dads involved, but they just don't know how to involve dads. So the whole involvement versus an, an engagement, I prefer involvement because, again, you know, if you involve me, I understand the process. If you involve me, I believe in the process. If you involve me, it's a part of what I do. It's not... It's not a job that I wake up in the morning and I say, oh, okay, they're going to engage me with this process. No, and I'm seeing the differences of dads being in these school buildings, being on the playground, and also being on the buses. I mean, you mm-hmm. really want to really get some support. Go on a school bus, take a school bus ride, and sit in that cafeteria, Yeah. and you'll see where people need the support. But it's something about when a dad and or a man, let's just yeah. say a man, when a man steps into a building with rambunctious young people and excited young people who are excited about learning. It's something about us reading to them. It's something about us, you know, talking to them. It's something about the tone of our voice that means a lot. Because again, in in the end, Our fathers are our superheroes. You know, we would say, my father will beat your father. My father is stronger than your father. But again, we don't see enough of those. So what you guys are doing is awesome. When we go into these workshops, everybody talks about this absent daddy, but it's not a lot of people talking about strategies. There are people that are pontificating about the great work that we're doing. We're like, okay, if you're doing that work in Atlanta, can it be replicated in Chicago? Can it be replicated in Little Rock, Arkansas? Can it be replicated in Memphis, Tennessee? Not just in your silo, but Mm -hmm. can we replicate that? And that's what people are looking for, strong strategies.
0: And of course all the cities that you mentioned we have Watch Dogs programs <laughs> I'm very happy to say that But, but, that, but that's the thing is you know they, the schools they have an idea they know what they want to do mm-hmm. but it's just Giving these guys the on-ramp to get them in the door to speak to men in general. You know, you talk about your PTAs, you talk about the, the traditional stereotype of what a PTA parent is, and and of course National PTA and and watchdogs were working very hard through the National Male Engagement Conference that we had back in February to change that stereotype. And building your child tomorrow with today's PTA is the fact that you know we are engaging male role models. Be it fathers, be it be at any level, a, a father figure of uh, uncle, grandfather, pastor, priest, coach, rabbi, whatever, to be able to give that that child a male role model to look up to, and of course, and I'm going to get you in as a watchdog. I'm going to hook you up in Anne Arundel County with some of those yeah. schools up there, so that, and, and I know you know the match. But but to go back something you mentioned a minute ago, you know, Laura Bay, uh, Secretary Treasurer of the National PTA, said it very well in uh, in the closing session of the National Male Engagement Conference. She said, "There's just a magic that." That comes about a room when there's a male role model in the room. And, and I'm sure being an educator yourself, I mean, you know that. You, you know, you've seen that. Yeah,
2: I, I think the presence is just so powerful. You know, I run a Saturday school for boys called the Paul Roberson Academy at Johns Hopkins. And what I'm excited to say is that we do have a nice amount of dads that participate in what we call our parent praise academy, that the parents are responsible for attending one session once a month on a Saturday for about two and a half an hours. And, and they love it. What I love is the men are actually speaking up quite often. Mm-hmm. Men don't speak up enough, I think, when they sit in the room. It's a bunch of women mm-hmm. having conversations, a bunch of women making decisions. It's hard to get heard in Edgeways. Oh, it, it, indeed it is, indeed it is, and I think that uh, you know one is empowering and giving these men a responsibility. We are playful people, and we love, We're big. We're big kids. We do goofy stuff. We still as grown men, we still do goofy stuff, and we don't know why we do it. And we look at our own children and say, Why is he so goofy? Because. You know, you're goofy. So, again, giving those men those opportunities to do those things, but also with the adequate training. Because, again, these men aren't are coming in as educators. They're coming in as sort of somewhat almost polite-type type practitioners. But once we give them the information, the educational strategies, because you do these strategies, have to engage young people to sort of put these fires out, to sort of talk to them. And, and it's something about that man-touch and that man-conversation. Mm-hmm that really, really gets not only just girls,
0: but boys moving as well. Oh, exactly. And, you know, girls need to look at a male role model as far as what they want to look for in the future to be able to see a positive male role model and to know that, you know, that is the kind of person that they want to connect with in the future rather than than somebody that's not quite as positive. Getting back and talking about the teachers, you know, one of the things that I found, fortunately through another gentleman and not myself because I didn't do this, but I found out that buying ice cream for an entire first grade class at lunchtime Will not endear you to the teachers at all <laughs> so the the opportunities that we're having here at this conference can you tell me if some of the the groups some of the career people that you have talked to or that you have worked with from from all segments here, as far as teachers, as far as counselors, as far as even juvenile justice
2: at the National Youth Risk Conference. One of the largest conferences I attend, about fifteen hundred providers from all over the country. Uh, I got an opportunity, Keith, to meet two amazing young people who was working with Keith Brown, who wrote a book called Youth Inspiration. And, you know, just to hear their excitement, you know, to see that they didn't know that there were people who were their teachers and social workers that had come to conferences looking for strategies to better support them. It was like, well, we didn't know that they went to places to get strategies, and we didn't know what it was like being around their colleagues, and we didn't know that they were cool, you know, dancing on the dance floor. So they were real excited about that. But then also you have these practitioners that are – you have social workers that are here, you have police officers, law enforcement, you have gang specialists, uh, you have school principals uh, who are here, AP, special ed. You know, everybody looking for that strategy, not really for that magic bullet, but I think that they're looking – one is some validation to say that I'm not the only one that's crazy, that, that I'm not the only one that's crazy to say that our school system, our education, they're somewhat giving up on our children. Mm-hmm. So when, they, when we come here, I think we get a level of hope. And I come here once a year, I get a chance to see friends that I only get a chance to see once a year, but then also to hear the good things that they're doing. So when, in my workshop, I'm always talking about or I'm always asking people, tell me what's working. Quite often, we spend too much time on the deficit. I think at a conference like this, a lot of people are talking about the strategies that are working in their particular area. I think we spend too much on the deficit. We know the issue. We we keep talking about the issue. We know what it is. Since we know what it is, the issue is the same in Memphis. The issue is the same in Chicago. The emphasis is the same in and all all over this country. But what we need to do is have a collective strategy on you know loving these kids. I mean, you know, just loving them and then providing them with with the needs and support they have. So coming to the National Youth at Risk Conference is really about hearing the love, feeling the love, and hearing the excitement, hearing a a person stand up from from Augustus, George and say, you know, I'm doing some great things at my school, this is what I've learned last year. And here in elementary school, teachers say, you know, my third grade class, you know, I came here last year and there was a workshop that I sat in. That's what we need to hear more. We have to keep doing it. We can't forget it once we go back to the classroom or right. once we go back to our after school program or whatever our program our agency is, because quite often it, we have this high here and all of a sudden it's like that five-hour energy yeah. you start to lose it. We have to constantly remind ourselves over and over again about the great people that you meet at this conference and other conferences, and then what do we do with the information that we actually have. Exactly,
0: exactly. And, and uh, one of the things that I mentioned in the uh, the interview with Dr. Landers that I am going to get on the air here, uh, Eugene Schneeberg, uh, mentioned something at uh, our conference in Kansas City that really kind of struck me, and and it kind of ties in with with some of the things that I've heard you say. And one thing that he said was that the gangs, realistically, are just boys trying to teach each other to be men because no one else will. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we as men need to be there to be that safety. And one thing that I wanted to ask you about, another thing that struck me, if you could kind of expand on it a little bit, is uh, last year you mentioned in certain areas where the boys feel that children who have an engaged father, it actually makes them weak. Yeah. Can you kind of
2: help me understand yes. uh, where that philosophy is? Right. So, so about two two or three years ago, um, I wrote a book called 101 Things Every Boy of Color Should Know. And then the filmmaker, Jenks Morton, who did a film called What Black Men Think, uh, someone got wind win of this book that I was doing. He said, I want to I be a part of it. I just don't want to write something for your book, but I want to take your book and, and take images and, and bring it to life. So we created a film called Men to Boys. And what it is, is basically we went all over the country talking to basically black and Latino men about strategies of Better to, to better engage their children or men or young men, and we went to this one area where these young boys were hanging out, and the question was, can a woman teach a boy to be a man? That was a huge debate on Amazon, sure. I mean, on Facebook, and all over. That was a huge debate, and we asked these young men a question. You know, can you teach a can a woman teach uh, a boy to be a man? And, and one of the young men said, yeah. A lot of them said, yeah. And because boys don't really want to throw their mothers out in the bus, they sure. really don't understand the question We didn't say they, well, they, they, they got go to go home at some point. They got to yeah. go home. And one young man, he says, uh, yeah, I think a woman could teach a boy to be a man because fathers make guys weak. He said, I think that any boy that had a father and a mother, they're weak. But a boy that was raised by his mother is much stronger because we watched our mother strong. We watched our mother struggle. Now as a researcher at Hopkins, he's making a lot of sense because he took his evidence, the evidence that he's discovered, and he made it practical and said, based on what I know, and he's telling the truth in his opinion. But the reality is we're hearing too much of that. Boys saying that because you have a father that you we can take it a step further. I don't know if you remember the debate years ago, Jalen Rose and um, Grant Hill, they got into this whole, this whole tip. Jalen Rose talked about. Grant Hill, Jalen Rose with the mission. Grant Hill went to Duke, and he says Duke really didn't come and get guys who were from neighborhoods like me. And you know, anyway, he had a uh, he had a father. His father was involved in his life, and, and that's the type that's the type of people that Duke they take you know a kid who has a mother and a father. Mm-hmm. They take a kid who was doing well, and it's, that's what was interesting because was two African American guys. So Jalen Rose was really just upset that his dad wasn't in his life. His dad was a was a basketball player in Detroit. Never met his dad, he heard all these great things about his dad. So Grant Hill's father went to Harvard Yale and you know was friends with the Michelle Obama and all that. So they got just a big heart. And so Jalen Rose was saying, you know, because my father wasn't in my life, you know, this was going on, and Grant Hill was like, Well, that's not my issue. But you see, you have two men, two African American men, who who basically are having a, a, a debate. Mm-hmm. And so Grant Hill I mean, so Jalen Rose was upset that Grant Hill had this great life. It goes back to these young men yeah. who we met on the corner who said, Yeah, anybody that has a mother and father are weak. We have to change that. We have to change, and we, we are responsible for that image. We are responsible because, again, they don't see enough of us. Mm-hmm. So they don't, you can't be a man unless you see a man. And so if they don't see men, if they, if they don't see a, a husband and a wife or a father and a son, then then they're going to create their own image of what it actually looks like. Exactly. And, and it's interesting. You hear it a lot in hip-hop music. You see it a lot in social media. So we have to change that image. Mm-hmm.
0: We, we certainly do. And,
2: and one of the things that uh, you know, that I
0: look at is you know myself. If I go into a school, if I go into to an environment, you know there there are people that are going to look at me and they don't want to hear from me yes. because they can look at me and tell that you know I haven't experienced that life. And and that's one of the things that I want to work a little bit better with is how do I how do I help without coming in like I'm helping you you you, yeah. you poor thing and, and you know without being a hindrance. Yeah. So so myself I need to work on that. Uh, you know, do myself. Maybe you can help me with that. Uh, but but certainly, you know, there are so many things we can be doing. There are so many great programs out there. It's just working together with everybody yeah. and be able to find out the resources to to pull together the resources to be able to get everybody. To, uh, to be able to work together. So uh, I also know that uh, coming up in October, we're going to be having another at risk conference coming up in, in Las Vegas. Have you been uh, working with that? Yeah, I
2: am going to be speaking in Las Vegas. This is their very first time doing it in Las Vegas, so I'm excited about of course, that. Of is big in Las Vegas. Hey, Vegas, is, you all need to be big. <laughs> all that gambling and all that other stuff is taking place making sure the White Dogs are being watched as well. <laughs> so this is their first year doing it on the West Coast, and I'm really excited about them. They're stepping out on faith, and they want to do something different. So Las Vegas, opened up the door, it's going to be a circus circus. I don't know if it's going to be as big as this conference, I'm not sure, but I'm sure, you know, Georgia Southern, which is a huge university, I'm sure they can pack the house. They can pack the house. And I'm sure it's going to be a really, really good event. Out there. So definitely come to the National Youth Airst Conference in Las Vegas at the Circus Circus Hotel and Casino. Uh, don't come out there spending any money you don't get paid to learn a whole a whole lot of good information that's great and, and of course outside of all of the other things that
0: Las Vegas did uh, th- you hear about Las Vegas it is a it is a tremendous thing to have a conference and it's because you know so many people go there there are so many opportunities there for for venues and such and of course our with Nevada PTA, you know we go out there quite a bit and it's just a great a great place for folks to be getting together. So, well in closing I've got about a little over two minutes. Chris did you have any uh, any questions for Lamar as you were uh, as you were listening?
1: No Keith I mean he's right and I was just like blown away and uh, you know what uh, what you guys have been talking about it's just uh, you know we have a call to get involved and a call and a call to be involved not only in our, our child's lives but other men and boys and girls you know in their community in our schools that to show when someone does care and someone does uh want the best for them
0: and then of course you know through our program you know all the guys have to do just to be engaged in their in their child's school is take a day off from work you you're know, right know, one day out of 180 and you can step into the school you can see what's going on in the school you can see what's going on with the special needs students you can see what's mm-hmm. going on with the at-risk students you know i'm learning yes. much about what youth at risk means and it. Amid what's going on, you know, we talk about great stuff from a great man uh, dr. Eric Landers talking about the programs that are going on through Georgia Southern University And the uh, youth at risk program there and dr Dan ray and some of the great work that's been going on at Georgia Southern University and, uh, and Throughout some of the other organizations so well in closing I'm going to say what I always uh, always end up with folks the only schools that don't have a watchdogs program are the ones that don't know enough about it. From beautiful Savannah,
2: Georgia, thank you for joining us and give us a call, 888-540-DOGS for any questions. Thanks.